This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, it's very simple, Exxon at ExxonRadioTV.com on all social media sites, TV. And if you'd like to check out the programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Don't forget, Exxon Nation, this coming uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which is tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday, the 3rd, 4th, and 5th of November, is the 4th Annual Treasure Coast Para-Unity Conference in Felsmere, Ontario, uh, Felsmere, Florida. Wow, Ontario, big difference. Um, if you'd like to find out more information, www.parunityconference.com, and I'll look forward to seeing all of you who listen to the show in Felsmere tomorrow night. My guest this hour, Exonation, is the author of Glamour Magic, the Witchcraft Revolution to Get You What You Want. Deborah Castellano is our guest, and uh, Deborah, welcome to the Exxon. Thank you for having me. What was it that happened that got you into witchcraft? Um, you know, it was, um, it was the nineties. So <laughs> it, there was, um, a lot of witchcraft shops. There was, uh, a lot of openness in general to it. Um, a lot of my friends were reading tarot. I started picking that up. I started getting into crystals and then it sort of devolved from there. I sort of joke that, uh, when you start out as a Catholic, it's not that far of a leap. <laughs> and, and that's according to the Pope, right? Right, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what was the first cast uh, spell that you cast? Oh, gosh. Let me uh, really reach back for that. You know, I'm sure it was about a boy I liked. I'd I like figured. to pretend like I had really great mm-hmm. intentions, but I'm sure... <laughs> I'm sure it was something about, I, I just, you know, really wanted a boyfriend. 
Well, is, isn't that what love spells are for? So that you can get the boyfriend of your dreams and us guys can get the girlfriends of our dreams? It can be, but it can also get kind of crazy because oh. depending on what your uh, viewpoint, I, I wasn't that motivated, to be honest, so mine never got very crazy. <laughs> but um, when you're working your will over someone else, yeah. that's where it can get kind of kind of dicey and I guess, um, interesting in some versions of it. <laughs> hmm. So, so when you cast a spell, the person that you're casting the spell on most of the time doesn't know that they're being influenced by a spell, do they? Most of the time they don't. Hmm. Um, that's why many times in modern witchcraft, you're encouraged to think about mm-hmm. traits you would want in a person versus a specific person. However, if we're talking real American witchcraft, hoodoo, which is based in um, the southern region of America, um, isn't so constrained by that. <laughs> Mm. it's a little bit more like that scene from Practical Magic where the woman comes to see the ants and Mm -hmm. she's like, basically anything, anything, whatever I have to do. Why do you think there's been such a resurgence in the interest in Wicca, witchcraft, and paganism? I I think, um, at least here in uh, the state side, Part of it mm-hmm. comes from the political climate. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, the the more conservative we get, the more it's woo witches. Um, <laughs> I I think um, there's been more exposure to it in the media um, on fictional shows such as uh, American Horror Story, The Coven uh, season, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Charmed. It became a little more accessible. Um, it's a silly thing, but when I oh, when I came out to my mother as a witch, she was she was not happy. She did not send me to college to go do that. And um, oh, so come on! It, I th- I think I think you you know that you're a real nice young lady for goodness' sake. Right, right. Um, I I was to to learn uh, math and science, not pick up witchcraft. But, well, um, is isn't there math involved in casting a spell? You've got to know how how many ounces of, of rat's tail to throw in, how many lizard eyeballs to throw in, how much totally. blood to throw in. You know, so there's math. So, hey, there's listen, a lot you of and math and astrology, absolutely. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Listen, Deborah, you and I have to take our first break. Please stand yeah. by. Great having you with us tonight. Thank you. Exonation, uh, Deborah Castellanos, my special guest www.charmedfinishingschool.com We'll be back on the other side of this break. Whatever you do, don't go away or else uh, my guest is going to turn you into a frog. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell? 
The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7, 365. Welcome back, everyone. I hope uh, you were all good and there are no uh, frogs listening to us because uh, our guest is Deborah Castellano. And I've got to tell you something. I have been doing this show for 26 years. Thank you for the fanfare there, Craig. 26 years, and I've got to tell you something, Exxon Nation, that the kindest, sweetest, most loving guests that I have had on the show are witches, Wiccans, and pagans. And in my opinion, and I've said this many a time, Deborah, throughout history and even today, those who practice witchcraft, who are Wiccan or pagans, are getting a bum rap by society. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think I think it's very easy to see to see Wiccans and witches um, and occultists in in one certain way, and. You know, that's like saying every Catholic, every Jewish person, every Buddhist is the same way. I mean, that's um, that's a difficult role for us to all be alike like that. But you know what? There is, you know, nobody talks about the, the hypnotherapists that are out there who actually take control of your mind while you are in a hypnotic state. Nobody, nobody says anything about them. You know, and, and they can do more damage, in my opinion, than anything a Wiccan or a witch can do. I I think potentially, yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely mm-hmm. um, a possibility because, you know, you're really opening your mind. Exactly. Uh, that kind of thing, to be really honest, makes me a little nervous. It's not something I've ever um, engaged in. Yeah. But I've had family members who did it for, you know, diet or this or that and, um I don't know how well it works. Maybe, maybe, but I'm nervous to let uh, someone mess around Ex- with all of my insides like that. Ex- exactly, but how do you know, even as as a practicing witch, can I call you a practicing witch? Yes, absolutely. All right. As a practicing witch, how do you know if another witch is casting a spell on you? Sure. Um Part of it, um, and and that's going to be a very, your mileage will vary Mm -hmm. based on um, witches. First off, um, generally speaking, it's very unlikely. That's a lot of time and energy someone's uh, taking to basically build a shrine of how much they dislike you in their head, maybe in their kitchen, whatever. (laughs) Um, And that takes up a lot of time and energy. And that's a very motivated person doing that. Um, What happens more often than not with that will be things like um, 
what my family would call the malokia, you know, where it's a little bit of evil eye, mm-hmm. where you don't even have to be a witch to do that. It's that envy, that jealousy that you kind of cast out to another person. And you don't yeah. even know most of the time that it, you're casting it. You know, it's like when you did something wrong as a child and your mother would give you that look. Yes. <laughs> you know? Um, so you would, you would know, um, when, what again in hoodoo, you mm-hmm. would refer to as, um, a cross condition where a lot of weird things aren't going right, uh, where there's kind of no reason for things to sort of be a tangled ball of yarn. And, uh, what you would do then for, for a lot of people is to really work on cleansing your space, cleansing yourself, making sure, you know, that there isn't someone working on you. You can do divination for that. But again, more generally speaking, it's usually just uh, little darts of malokia, little bits of cross conditions, little bits of, you know, little little bits, bits of uh, everyday mm-hmm. life that kind of become the, the dust bunnies, you know? This is your first book, I understand, with our good friends at Llewellyn's, uh, Glamour Magic, The Witchcraft Revolution, to get what you want. So tell me about this. What, what inspired you to write this book? Um, I, I was always very, if we're going back to kind of my origins, um, the movie that was very popular at the time when I first started exploring witchcraft was the craft. And there's this Mm -hmm. whole big scene where the girls um, are changing their hair color and their eye color and all these like little things. And everyone's like, Oh, that's not real magic, which is true. That's a lot of time and effort and energy that you could instead use to like find other ways to fix those situations. Mm -hmm. But Um, historically, glamour has been something that's been associated with magic. And part of what's associated with that is what makes you interesting and exciting to yourself and others. It's that, that spark, that je ne sais quoi, that thing that's hard to define, you know, why some people become famous and other people never get anywhere even if their skills are comparable and I thought it was really interesting that nobody was talking about that that seemed like something that should be attempted to be quantified as much as one can because it's very difficult to quantify but I think if you have a good command over it a lot of doors can open for you um you know I've been I was reading your bio in fact I'll read it to our listeners our, our guest, by the way, Exonation, is a frequent contributor to occult pagan sources such as the Llewellyn Almanacs, Witchbox, Pagan Square, and Witches and Pagans Magazine. She writes about charms, hexes, weeknight dinner recipes, glamoury and unsolicited opinions on morals and magic at Charmed, I'm sure. And that, by the way, again, that website is charmedfinishingschool.com. Deborah's book, The Art of Glamour, is available for purchase on Amazon and in paperback on Kindle. Her craft shop, The Mermaid and the Crow. It sounds like a good pub name. Uh, the website right. is mermaidandcrow.com. <laughs> Specializes in goddess and god vigil candles, hand-blended ritual oils, airy hand-dyed scarves, hand-spun yarn, and other goodies. 
In a previous life, Deborah, Deborah founded the first neo-Victorian steampunk convention, Salon Con, which received rave reviews from con goers and interviews from the New York Times and MTV. So tell me, what are the other goodies in your shop? Um, I spin a lot of yarn. I have ritual oils. I make dream ambassadors, which are tiny sheep to help you sleep. <laughs> and uh, they're kind of bathed gently in uh, lavender oil, and they all have different colored furs. And yeah. Well, that's really cool. Thank I understand you. that you have a different approach to ritual work uh, than many other authors. Um, why did you choose this method? I mean, a, a lot of um, occult books, I mean, again, going back to, again, a bit of my roots, mm -hmm. I was very lucky that I started becoming a witch during a time where I had a very large community of people to talk to, um, people who are my age, people who are older than me, mm -hmm. and all different flavors of things. So I could ask a person. A lot of people who became witches didn't have, they couldn't just go to a local event and be like, oh, so I'm wondering about this thing. I'm going to ask four different people, kind of figure out what the situation is. Um, they had to read books you know right and um i i do enjoy uh, a small handful of of occult books but i always got frustrated because i felt like if i didn't do the ritual exactly um the way the author had laid out that mm -hmm. i couldn't get anywhere with it and i found that very frustrating because I'm not a terribly visual thinker, and a lot of um, exercises tend to be vis visual. And I, I tend to go about my magical process a little bit differently. And I know there's a lot of um, other practitioners who don't necessarily want to follow things just one way. So I give suggestions, and I give kind of... Um, a way to, to be creative and to think, but I give you an objective. It doesn't matter how you get there, what magical thing you do. If you're Wiccan and want to cast a circle, you can do that. If you're a Druidic and you want to uh, open the gates, you can do that. If you want to do something else altogether, you can do that. It doesn't matter what you do to get there. It just matters that you get there. And that's been very true to my personal magical practice. You often talk about your husband, Joe. Uh, does he practice magic as well? Yes. <laughs> ah, yes, he does. The family that practices together stays together, right? Yeah, yeah. And all of all of his friends are always like, oh, that's so cool. Your wife does it too. And he's like, it's not cool. It's not cool at all. Because <laughs> I'm like, who are you inviting into the house? You know, what spirits are you conjuring? Uh, do it outside. You know, like I'm asking a lot more questions than a lot of his uh, other friends who have non-practicing uh, spouses where they're like, whatever you want to do, honey. And I'm like, no, 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 not this, you know. So how do you, you know, like now that you're married and, and you don't live at home and you're, you know, your mom really doesn't have that much influence over you, how does she take you now as a witch? Does she see the positive side and that you're, you're a real super person, you're helping people, you've got a good mind for business, you've got your own shop, you've got a very popular website, you're an author. My gosh, she must be beaming. She is very proud. I mean, it, we've had... Uh, 
let's see, 20 years together now to get used to this together. And um, she is very proud of, of the book and the shop. And um, I have a very large altar in my house and it doesn't bother her. And, you know, we can we can talk about it and joke about it. And she's kind of really come to terms with it a lot more. And with her coming to terms with that, um, it's easier for me to also approach Catholicism from kind of a cultural Catholicism standpoint, as some people um, identify as cultural Jews, you know, so I can kind of, we've both kind of come to meet in the middle a bit. And I think all the media exposure helped a lot that she saw that there's a lot of people doing this and it's not scary most of the time. (laughs) And it's, yeah, it's part it's part of my my family business and um it's also part of who I am and she's come to accept that. That is fantastic. Um would you suggest witchcraft for children? See, that is a very touchy subject. Yeah. Um I think a lot of witchcraft is too uh, how to put this? It's like trying to sit through church as a child. You know, that's where I think Protestantism kind of you went. Know, you know, let me just throw something in here uh, very fast because we're coming up to our news break. I've sure. never heard of a witch being uh, being accused of fondling a child like I have heard about members of the clergy fondling children. So that, in my opinion, says something about the type of people that are in witchcraft. Yes. Um, I, I think outdoor holidays are good for children. Like if it's a family-friendly bell team where, you know, they get to make head wreaths and, and run around and, you know, do the fun things. Yeah. I think the outdoor ones are, are a better fit when they're little. And then when they're a little bigger, you can start talking to them about, you know, the rest of it. But I think um, having belief young in something is important, even if it's it very simple. That's right. You and I have to take our news break. Please stand by. Great having this chat with you tonight. ExoNation, Deborah Castellano was our special guest this hour. She is the author of an, a new book that is published by our good friends at Llewellyn. It's entitled Glamour Magic, The Witchcraft Revolution to Get What You Want is now available. It's available on Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle. And for more information on Deborah, visit our websites charmedfinishingschool.com and I love the name of her craft shop The Mermaid and the Crow at www.mermaidandcrow.com This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
And welcome back, everyone. Dania, uh, Deborah Castellano is our special guest, and her websites are www.charmedfinishingschool.com and uh, her craft shop, The Mermaid and the Crow. Its website is www.mermaidandcrow.com. I, I have a theory, and I'd like to pass it on to you to see uh, what you think. I believe in today's society, people are losing uh, faith with the established religious philosophies and they're looking for something else. And, and we all know that today's religions, whether it be Catholicism or Christianity, is based on paganism. Yes. I, I mean, I, I arguably, I think more on, on Judaism, but um, they all came from the same sort of roots. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. What do you what do you what do you hope to to accomplish? And I don't, I don't mean that in a, in a derogatory manner. What do you hope to to accomplish with all that you're doing to to bring witchcraft to the forefront? I want people to really be able to access their power and to take up space. And that's something that's hard for a lot of people to do. And that's something that's not taught in a lot of spiritual paths. When you say the power, what kind of power are you talking about? That bonfire that everyone has Mm. inside them if they let themselves. If somebody is listening to us, someplace around the world where we're fortunate enough to have this show broadcast. How can they, after listening to us, ponder if they are actually a Wiccan or a witch or a pagan? Sure. Um, Some people feel called. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't one of them. I, I actually really started past messing around with like crystals and uh, tarot was um, I was taking women in comparative religion and part of our assignment was to go to um, a spiritual practice that was not part of our home religion and um, I believe they were going to a Methodist church one night but I had a conflict so I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And a close friend of mine at the time, uh, her stepmother, had a Dianic Wiccan circle. So I said, well, could I go to that? And the timing was working out well. And I just sort of never left. So sometimes it comes from really unexpected places. And I think it's a matter of um, probably the most challenging part about being pagan, being a witch, being an occultist is you have to get real good with your own personal moral compass because no one's there to shake a finger at you saying bad, bad, bad. I mean, in some traditions, sure. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's what can you sleep with at night? That's right. And you, you have to be real clear on that. You know, plus I've never had a Wiccan come to my door on a Saturday or Sunday saying, you know, here's some literature. Do you want to join our, our group? And, no, and we're lazy. That, and, I'd rather watch Stranger Things, you know. <laughs> but to me, that says a lot about the organization. It's, they're very self-confident. 
Yeah, a lot of it is um, most people I know who identify in any of that way tend mm-hmm. to be self-starters. There's there's something about that, even if you practice um, with a group, you know, it tends to be a lot of that uh, sort of rugged individualism that we're supposed to be known for in a country, you know? Sure. Uh, Even your president uh, talks about witches all the time. He still says that, you know, it's a witch hunt, you know, so it's one of his favorite phrases. Um, In your book, you talk about great work. What does that mean? Well, that's actually um, an alchemical term, and I use it rather loosely, but I feel like um, we all have one. We all have that. I kind of compare it to like if we start talking about fairy tales, if mm-hmm. we start talking about even more modern fairy tales like Into the Woods, what are you willing to go into the woods for? What are you willing to do just about anything within your moral compass to accomplish that thing? And I think a lot of people lose sight of that fire, you know, and, and that willingness to... Uh, really at the end of the day, more than anything, because it always sounds exciting, like you're making packs at the crossroads. And man, if it was that easy, everyone would do it. But what you're mostly sacrificing is is time, is energy, is, you know, the ability to lie on the couch and watch a marathon or mess around on the internet for hours at a time because you are attending to this great work. You just brought up an interesting point. How much has the Internet affected the popularity of witchcraft and paganism? I think it's had a really big effect on it, just insofar as it's a lot easier, like if you weren't, you know, a a spoiled child like I was, where I had everyone already here, um, in that it connects you to people. Um, The internet, for instance, connected me to Gordon White. Um, We became friends in my early blog days, and he's in uh, Australia now. That wouldn't have happened without that. Fascinating. Do you get a lot of young people sending you emails asking you for advice about Wicca and witchcraft and spells and hexes? Once in a while, yeah. Um, But I think now everyone kind of wants to explore their own path a little bit more. So it's a little more open to that, which I'm kind of grateful for. Like if we were talking maybe uh, five, ten years ago, Mm -hmm. I got a lot more questions um, and, and desire to be guided. And, um, I'm kind of happy with the way things are that it's like, Oh, I like what you said. What do you think about this? And then it's more of an exchange versus, you know, Oh, please teach me. And I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) but is, is there any danger for someone who wants to dabble in witchcraft and they go on the internet and they, they try to do something themselves. Maybe they go on there because somebody is bullying them electronically at school or, sure. or maybe the ex-boyfriend is cheating on them or the, or the girlfriend is cheating on the boyfriend. Is there any danger for them to go on the internet, look for a spell and actually try and cast this negative spell? Of course. Of course, but it's also dangerous every time you leave the house and get in a car, you know? So it's a matter of um, you have to kind of uh, figure out where your personal lines are and, and what kind of risk, and that's part of it too. You have to figure out what your risk assessment is Well, I, I don't get yourself. into Well, I don't get into my car with the intent of hurting someone. 
Right. And um, many people don't necessarily have the intention to hurt others uh, when they're trying to get the boyfriend back or, you know, whatever. But some people do. Some people do have the intention of, you know, I'm really mad at Becky at the office. And if I can screw her over today, that's on my list to do, you know. Um, and, and part of that, again, it it really comes back to what kind of person are you and what kind of person do you want to be? But isn't there something in witchcraft where the saying is do no harm? It depends on what kind of witchcraft you're practicing. There's also a saying that says, um, to be a witch, you need to be able to hex as well as heal. So it really depends on what path you're following. Uh, so it depends if you're a good witch or a bad witch. Yeah, and Wicca is a lot more um, the law of three, and it's not always going to come back to you in ways that are going to be easily uh, deciphered, Mm -hmm. but it'll come back around, whatever you do, good or bad. And there are other traditions who don't necessarily adhere to that. There are traditions that have many rules you're supposed to adhere to. In Christianity, you're supposed to turn the other cheek. Right, absolutely. So my idea is as you're turning the other cheek, you also bring up your fist and hit them with a lefty. I, I That's more my school yeah, of thought, to be exactly. honest. Exactly. <laughs> we, we just got over the Halloween season. You right. as a witch, how do you take the commercialism and the uh, the way that witches and your traditions are portrayed in order to get people to go door to door and ask for ask for candy that mom and dad need to buy at the local store you know feeding an economy at your expense yeah there there is some of that definitely but i don't know i mean i have very fond memories of trick-or-treating as a child and i mean if you're looking at it sort of at a larger scope Mm -hmm. it's exciting to get to be someone else for a day you know it really gets you to open your mind and it also opens yourself up to that that spooky that that anything there's a feeling that almost anything could happen you know and it's kind of exciting so what did you do on halloween Oh, this year was not good. I've been getting over uh, the flu this week um, and drinking a lot of Theraflu. I had some uh, kind of, a lot of Reese's peanut butter cups and I watched uh, a bunch of episodes of Stranger Things. Usually I try to do something better, but this year was not so cooperative. (laughs) All right, I've got to ask you this question. Why would you use Theraflu instead of your own, your own... um... Incantation. Um, I, I I work a full time job during the day. I don't always have time to to make my own cough syrup and stuff like that. Um, when I can, I do. But when I don't, I'm gonna. I I like to combine the two. I sure. think there's a lot to be said for modern medicine. I think there's a lot to be said for uh, traditional folk medicine, mm-hmm. and I try to kind of blend the two in my life. The mermaid and the crow. All right, I can understand the crow part. The mermaid. How does a mermaid fit into witchcraft, Wicca, or paganism, or neo-paganism? Sure. Um, There's a lot of deities um, who are kind of mermaid-like. Melusina, who is popular in 
the book and the movie The mm-hmm. White Queen is a real um, mythological water goddess who had like three tails. Wow. And um, in in the White Queen series, they there's a family that mm-hmm. claims to come from that line. In more modern times, uh, the mermaid on your Starbucks cup is based off of Melusina. I didn't know that. Yep. But that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. That, that is really very interesting. You know, Christians and Catholics and, and, and other religious philosophies celebrate Christmas, December the 25th. And when I look at Christmas, I see a lot of paganism in that holiday. You know, for example, the Yule log, the Christmas tree, and, and some other things. I also believe that the date of December the 25th was actually a marketing ploy by the church in order to get the conversion from paganism over to Christianity. Because if you, when you read the Bible and you, you do your homework, you realize that based on the scenario that was put out by the authors of the Bible, uh, it wasn't December at all. It was sometime in the spring. Right, right, which would make sense for a census. Yeah. Otherwise, why is everyone, you know, freezing in the major? Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So how does this affect the way that that pagans look at, at Christians who have basically stolen uh, one, of their, one of their days, put it four days later, and celebrate the birth of Christ? Yeah, um, I mean, I guess it really depends on uh, if you were not raised pagan, Mm -hmm. what your home religion was, and how you... This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media... Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Welcome back, everyone. My guest this hour is Deborah Castellano. She is the author of Glamour Magic, the Witchcraft Revolution to get you get what you want. And I must thank our good friends at Llewellyn for helping make this interview possible. 
As I was saying to you during the commercial break, thank you so much for coming to our onto our show tonight. It's a great pleasure, and we'll love to have you back on. Maybe we you can come back around Christmas time, and and give us the Christmas perspective of the pagan holiday, which is the December the twenty first. Am I right? Yes, yes, I I would love to absolutely. All right, it's a date, and um, you talk about revolution, a lot about revolution actually in your book. What kind yeah. of revolutions? <laughs> what kind of revolution are you talking about? I know, I know you talk about the glamour side, but what else? I I feel like um, whenever you're shaking up your internal ant farm, you're causing a bit of a revolution. And I feel like it's so important to do because it's so easy to get um, just uh, in a rut that you're just, you know, you go to work, you watch, you know, two hours of television, you make dinner, you go to sleep, you wake up, you shower, blah, 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 you do it again. And I feel like it's so important to shake it up and to step outside your comfort zone and to do the things that you're passionate about and to put time and effort and energy into that. You know, I've never heard that internal, shake up your internal land farm. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You also talk a lot about the pop culture references. What are your current glamour mavens? Or who are they, I should say? Sure. I mean... Bowie, of course, because oh, yeah. he's just like, yeah. Um, Tilda Swinton, um, I'm huge into her. I like the ladies in the Orange is the New Black cast because they are so diverse. Yes. And uh, diverse in body shape and size, too. And um, I also really like uh, Millie from Stranger Things. Uh, she's 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that she's like on the cover of Teen Vogue right now and uh, talking about great things and um i like anyone who's a little bit outside the box and who's uh talking about it i think that's what we need to do more is talk about it and and many people ask me well rob why do you do your show because i have interesting people on my show who are opening up a lot of minds and a lot of eyes and a lot of hearts and if a broadcaster cannot do that they have no business in this in this in this uh, type of work. I agree. So, what's next for Deborah? Um, I'm going to have to do a lot of research so I can start on my uh, second book. Um, and I also need to uh, spend some time, you know, actually getting to get back into my practice because it's been hard to. Uh, do all the promotion that's needed and, you know, work a day job and uh, still practice, you know. It must be very taxing on you. Um, I understand that you like St. Germain liquor, record players, and typewriters. All right. The liquor I can understand. Record (laughs) players, okay, they're coming back into fashion, but typewriters? I love typewriters. I actually work in a job where I use one a lot, but... I, when I first started writing, mm-hmm. I think I had a word processor, maybe an electric typewriter. And I just have very fond memories. I like the sound. I like the feel of um, when the the you touch the keystroke yes. and, uh, you know, you feel it strike the paper. And it feels much more permanent. It has that mechanical appeal. Yeah, definitely. 
When you're writing your book, or when you were writing your book, did you ever come up with, uh, you know, writer's block? And, and if so, how did you circumvent that problem? I had a lot of writer's block because I was writing a lot of it uh, during tax season, and Ooh. I work for an accounting firm. So <laughs> it was a lot because I'd be working a 10 or 12-hour day there and then come home and write. And what I found was um, what helped me was to set up a routine. Um, I came up with a playlist. I'd put headphones on, so that way I, I was uh, – a little more insulated. I always made a pot of loose leaf tea. And the more I could kind of do that and just get into that habit and that routine, the easier it was. Um, but I also have been blogging for a while where a lot of that happened on lunch breaks or uh, baby naps because I was a nanny for a long time. And um, so I, I got used to you just have to write really fast and you have to uh, worry about it later. That's what editors are for, right? Right, exactly. What are some of the basic steps in creating your own spell? And a nice spell. So... Um, a nice spell that I would do. Well, generally, I use my uh, spice cabinet a whole lot. Um, a very nice spell would be, for me, something that involved uh, taking a bath, like a ritual bath. Mm -hmm. And um, if I was trying to do it for, like, glamour purposes, I'd put some dried rose petals in it. I'd pick very specific music. I'd use a bath bomb from Lush. I would probably inscribe uh, some which you can do with uh, antibacterial uh, gel or even uh, if you wanted to get some of those kids' crayons and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, to really just focus on it and focus on my intention. What's the difference between a ritual bath and a regular bath? Well, a regular bath, I don't think you have an intention per se versus maybe just to relax. Mm -hmm. Um, a ritual bath, usually you're trying to cleanse yourself or you're trying to um, make yourself more glamorous for an event and you're trying to kind of keep that intention in mind. When you go out with your husband and people find out during conversation that, that you're a witch, what kind of questions are you asked? You know, it's never the questions I expect. I expect like kind of kind of dumb questions where it's like, oh, where's your broom? You know, mm -hmm. like, but it's it's interesting because a lot of times um, they'll share things with me that I don't think they would share with other people, whether it be a weird experience they had with like ghosts or, you know, energy or something like that, or whether it's they're trying to fix a problem what would I do magically for it it tends to be very uh sincere and um kind of uh solution oriented as, as a practicing witch what is the strangest thing that you have ever concocted and how did it turn out let's see the strangest thing I've ever concocted um, yeah, it gets kind of weird when you're involving, like, <laughs> um, ash of paper, and then you've got, uh, 
usually herbal components, and uh, it, it gets more more messy than anything. Oh, I see. It's kind of uh, finger painty, you know, um, and uh, you know, usually. I'm very lucky. Usually, usually it turns out for the best, but I do a lot of things with uh, spices, occasionally chicken bones, because, you know, wish bones and things like mm -hmm. that, um, occasionally as an offering to uh, specific older goddesses. Um, sometimes you're leaving things like uh, chicken hearts and stuff as offerings, um, which can get a little... You have to watch your cats on that. <laughs> How many cats do you have? I used to have two, but right now just the one. Are they black? No. Um, my previous cat who has gone on, she was uh, a Siamese, if you don't please. And uh, our current cat, Max the Second, has uh, six uh, toes on each of his paws. Oh and he is incredibly proud of them. What are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight? Um, I hope that everyone can take an opportunity to really reach down inside themselves and figure out what makes them glamorous because glamour is different than beauty. Beauty is bone structure and cultural markers, but glamour is what you make, and that's for everyone. Let our listeners know how they can get a copy of your book and your websites, please. Sure. Um, you can get a copy of my book at your local Barnes & Noble, um, as well as their website, Amazon, Llewellyn's website, and your local independent bookstore will be happy to order it for you. Um, all of my social media, my shop information, and my blogs can be found on charmedfinishingschool.com. And it's always best, if possible, to buy your books at your local bookstore. Always. Always. Deborah, thank you ever so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure talking to you, and I look forward to talking to you again as we get closer to the December 25th date so we can talk about the paganistic influence in Christmas. Perfect. I can't wait. Thank you so much. It's been my great pleasure. Exo Nation, our guest this hour has been Deborah Castellano. Once again, if you'd like to find out more about Deborah, here's two websites, www charmedfinishingschool.com and www.mermaidandcrow.com Now I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in our Exxon from Broadcast Centre in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And don't forget Exxon Nation, if you'd like to take part in the fourth annual Treasure Coast Parunity Conference, visit online at www.parunityconference.com.